Welcome to the New Faculty Nuggets. These are podcasts based upon the book that you will receive at New Faculty Orientation when you come to Truman State University. The book is Advice for New Faculty Members, and it is by a faculty development officer named Robert Boyce, who created the book out of his 35 years of experience as a faculty development officer. He did a lot of research on what helped people who started out as faculty become successful in the faculty career, as contrasted with what did people who started out as new faculty do who were not ultimately successful in the career. So we have our first new faculty nugget based on chapter 5 of the book by Robert Boyce, Advice for New Faculty Members. This chapter, even though it's not the first chapter, has been found in several years here at Truman to be the chapter that most people think is the most important for them. So that's why we're starting with it as new faculty nugget number one. The chapter is called Moderating Overattachment and Overreaction. In his book, Advice for New Faculty, author Robert Boyce identifies a major distinction between new faculty who later thrived in the profession from those new faculty who did not. That difference was in the exemplar's ability to moderate their tendencies toward perfectionism and egoism. Boyce labels this overattachment to content and overreaction to criticism. So that's how he gets the chapter title, Overattachment and Overreaction. Again, this tendency towards perfectionism and egoism that he identified in those faculty who were not later successful in the career, he calls overattachment to content and overreaction to criticism. This chapter is cited every year by our new faculty as the single most important chapter of the book. So you will be happy to know then that you are not alone if moderating overattachment and overreaction is the thing you think you might need the most help with during your probationary year. I'm going to refer to some specific pages in the book so that when you acquire your copy that we'll give you at orientation, you can go directly to some of these uh, pages and see what I'm talking about. On page 56, Boyce lists some indicators of overattachment and overreaction. The first one is rushing and premature decisions. You're probably coming up with some of those events in your own life right now. The second one is tension. The third one is fatigue. The fourth one is doubts about being perfect enough. He and others often will call this the imposter syndrome. Oh, they're going to find out that I didn't really deserve to earn that PhD. Doubts about being perfect enough. The next indicator is blocking anxiety. Anxiety to the point that you are blocked from knowing what to do, getting ideas, maybe even paralyzing anxiety. Anxiety to the point that you can't do anything at all. Another indicator of overattachment and overreaction can be humorless inflexibility. 
Another one, very important one for new faculty in particular, is binging. Binging on the work because the work seems too important to interrupt. That's the familiar sensation during the doctoral dissertation years of beating your head against a brick wall but keeping on going because you can't stop. That's binging. That's an indicator of overattachment and overreaction. Now, on the other hand, we've said that doubts about being perfect enough and humorless inflexibility are indicators of overattachment and overreaction, but so too is another indicator he gives us, that of grandiosity, considering that we are perfect enough. And related to this binging, another indicator can be difficulty stopping even when diminishing returns have set in. And then, of course, a major indicator of overattachment and overreaction is overreacting to criticism such that we might even overreact to mere indifference. So you're going to want to check that page 56 for more about these. But if any of these indicators sound like you, know that this chapter is written for you. Okay, so we've got some indicators and most of us probably have exhibited at least one, if not more, of those indicators in our own life, especially in the part of our life that dealt with earning the PhD. What do we do? Boyce goes on to write that balance is the key to moderating overattachment and overreaction. I know, wait, balance is what everyone says, but let's let's give him a hearing. Boyce continues on page 56 to point out that exemplary teachers spend roughly the same amount of time preparing for class as they spend in class. 12 hour teaching load, 12 hours of preparation. 16 hour teaching load, 16 hours of preparation. Now, I can hear many of you who have some experience teaching laughing right now, but let's, let's give him a hearing. Over his 35 years of research, Boyce found that those faculty who went on to be successful in the faculty role did spend roughly the same amount of time preparing for class as they spend in class. How do they do that? He found that exemplary teachers prepare fewer main points for class, but they prepare more examples or activities pointing to those main points for each. What is it? They try to do fewer things better. Okay, they go to class without having everything perfectly prepared, and they are not overattached to their teaching content. When I do consultations with faculty here on campus, I'm often quoted as saying, and it's true, I do say, whoever is doing the work is the one doing the learning. So before you spend oodles of time synthesizing information for delivery to your students, 
pay attention to these metaphors. Consider how you might turn that synthesizing work into a classroom activity. That way the students are the ones doing the work and in truth that would have students doing the good part. For the beginning teacher who might be skeptical of this moderate approach outlined by Robert Boyce or who might be too insecure to actually believe it remember one of the indicators was doubt <laughs> Boyce suggests that we plan one 20-minute segment of class which will be based upon the merest briefest notes of preparation and see how that segment goes and contrast it with the segments where you've given in to the temptation to really extensively prepare. See for yourself which gets better student engagement and student learning. It can be important for us to self-monitor for signs that we are not maintaining our distance from egoism. On page 58 Boyce will list these clues. These are these little markers that ooh, I better pay attention. Anytime we think we are being too brilliant to interrupt, when you start getting irritated because too many student hands are up for questions and they're going to interrupt you, that's a sign that we are not maintaining our distance from egoism. Here's another one. Escalated annoyance with disruptions. I'm sure most of you are smiling now. Haven't we always, haven't all of us been in that situation where we're down to the wire with an important deadline and the drip out of the faucet or the plea of our child to help them get a bowl of ice cream is just too annoying for words? That's a sign we need to monitor that we are not maintaining our distance from egoism. Okay, here's some other indicators Boyce gives on, 50, on page 58. Internal pressure to make our work impeccable, brilliant, perfect. Anticipating that our classroom presentation will be such that only the brightest, most observing students will be able to understand it. <laughs> An urgency to cover all the content. And here I ask us to remember what is one of the meanings of the word cover? Is it not to obscure? To hide? And finally, this may be the most important sign to self-monitor for of, of all. We are not maintaining our distance from egoism when we experience a diminishing joy in the class. Either the joy we ourselves experience or the joy that we want our students to experience. Diminishing joy in class. These feelings that Robert Boyce has outlined on page 58 are not always inappropriate, but they always do deserve a close look so that we can make sure that we are distancing ourselves from egoism. Alright, so what can we do? One of the main tips for countering over-attachment 
is, and you're going to think this doesn't sound right, but one of the main tips is to practice early evaluations. Oh, I can, I can feel you sitting up and taking notice there. But consider this. The longer we go without soliciting feedback on our performance, the more time we have to nitpick with ourselves and establish unreasonable expectations. And those inflated expectations are almost sure to be disappointed. And the longer we go without soliciting feedback on our performance, the more invested we can become in a dead end. Here's a quote from Robert Boyce's book, page 59. Successful new faculty implement their own evaluations at intervals during the course of a semester. Does that put your mind at rest a little bit? We're not talking about high-stakes external evaluation. We're talking about something you come up with on your own. Checkpoints. Formative evaluation. On page 59 and following pages in the Boyce book, Advice for New Faculty, you may see a couple of forms that he shows to help you accomplish this very thing. Formative early evaluation at regular intervals. Very simply, you might consider implementing a one-minute paper. That's what it's called, a one-minute paper. This is when you use the last minute of a class period to ask students to respond in writing to this prompt. What is helping you to learn in this course? What would help you to learn better? You can use the survey function of, of Blackboard, our learning management system here at Truman, to collect anonymous responses to evaluative prompts such as this. Sherry Dare, our teaching and learning technology specialist, would be happy to help you set this up. Simply call the help desk at extension 4544-660-785-4544 to request this service. Or you can do the paper pencil version. Simply have students uh, tear off a little piece of paper and write it down. Detail a small group of students to kind of score and summarize, as Robert Boyce goes on to recommend. I encourage you to check the details of implementing this in the most economical way possible, which he provides on page 61. Whichever of the many methods available you choose, Boyce recommends doing it about every three weeks. The point is to give up some of our perfectionism and isolationism by taking an action that can lead to improvement, frequent small doses of specific criticism are just what the doctor ordered. Moderating overattachment and overreaction. New Faculty Nugget number one, chapter in Advice for New Faculty number five.